The Truth News Network. COVID, critical race, compliance mandates, and conflicting stories about it all. Mask, vaccine, no. The truth shall set you free. TNN, the Truth News Network, with your host, Dan Newman. Well, have you got it figured out yet? All of it, whatever it is. Yeah, you've got your arms around everything. No more questions, all of them answered, right? You thought you were going to have an easy week, maybe. Maybe you thought it was going to be a tough week either way. I hope you had a good week. Make a good week. Make it yourself. Don't rely on everybody else to do things for you. You know what? Regarding satisfaction, fulfillment, joy, all those things that we all pursue, regarding that, you know who has the biggest input into that, all of that? You do. We all have our own lives, and we all invest in our own selves. We invest in our own lives and whoever we bring into our own lives. And so the more we invest, the more we're going to get out of it. Think about that. I'm a family guy. I have a really good family. Wife of 47 years, three children, six grandchildren, just Everybody has their own individual deals going on. I mean, let's face it. Six kids, uh, one, two, three of them in high school, two out of high school, one in junior high school. I, I just can only imagine the stuff that they go through every day. It's nothing like what I went through when I was in junior high and high school. I promise you, their road is a lot tougher than mine was. And I remember all the heartaches and difficulties that I worked through, I pushed through. But you know what I, I, I was successful at doing? Figuring things out. I'm a thinker. I'm inquisitive. I always ask questions. But I don't, I, I don't ever stop at just asking a question about anything. I get the answers. And whatever the hard work that is required to do to get those answers, I'm all in. That's probably the best thing I've ever learned in my life was you get out of it, meaning you get facts and information out of it, directly proportionate to what you're willing to put in to get those things. You get out of a conflict with another person, maybe in your immediate family, maybe at work, maybe at school. You get out of those conflicts just exactly as much as you're willing to put into it to resolve them. That's the way life flows, folks. And instead of that, we're, we're especially our kids, but we're living in a world in which those are no longer the accepted norms, the normals. Nobody wants to get involved in any real meaningful conversation or to find real meaningful resolution when there are conflicts. Nobody seems to want to do that anymore. So what do they do? They just throw up a wall. Throw up a wall. That's where that term, you've got your truth, I've got mine, came from. There's no such thing as a truth for you and a truth for me regarding the same topic, folks. The truth lives in a vacuum. Reality lives in a vacuum, and we can't change those things even though we think we can. We've got to find ways to fit into that world. 
I'm not talking about necessarily compromising. I'm talking about getting understanding of all of those issues that we face. And I don't care what issue you're talking about. Maybe you get in a spat with your spouse. Maybe you got a kid that's belligerent, rebellious. Maybe you got problems at the office. There's somebody that sits in the cubicle next to the you that you can't stand. They can't stand you. How do you reconcile all of those things? Well, the first thing you do is dig down and get the facts. And then you look at those facts, get to a point where you understand them, and then slow down for just a minute. Don't just start screaming and hollering and spouting, hear the facts, hear the facts. You're wrong, you're wrong. Don't do that. Sometimes the best way to work through a conflict is just to sit down and be quiet and wait and wait. Typically when you're willing to do that, it'll work out. The Bible says in your patience, that's where your peace is, in your patience. Patience is not a whole lot of fun to live through, is it? But maybe we ought to just slow down a little bit and work through those things. That's your Friday lesson. You got that absolutely free of charge. Hey, everybody, welcome back to TNN Live. Congratulations on getting through, well, one more day, but getting through the big part of a very, very contentious week in our nation. And every day, it just seems like it grows in intensity, the contention, the things we face here in our nation. Everybody seems to be looking for answers. And then when you think you got one, you find out, uh uh-oh, it's slippery, it got away, that wasn't the real thing. That's part of life, folks. We're learning a lot, even as old as you are, as old as I am, we're learning a lot every day about living. You never quite have it all together. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Do you remember back in the previous presidential administration? I don't know if you remember it. Maybe you blocked it out of your mind. But we went through a a, a pretty hellish few years there as it, it looked like, to be honest with you, our government was just unwinding. Not because of Donald Trump did anything wrong. No, it was because so many things begin to be exposed about what really is going on in our government. And it was scary. And it's scarier today. It's almost like every day we're finding out something new. Something we go, oh my gosh, how could that be happening here? I never even gave a thought to that being a possibility. I get two or three of those every day, folks. And it's kind of a slap your face every once in a while. you got to wake yourself up to think, is this really, really happening? The scariest part of all of this to me is exactly how powerful our government has become. How powerful is it? Did you know that at least 25 federal agencies have put together a system to track religious exemption requests for mandated vaccines? 25 different federal agencies. They put a system together to track you if you registered and filed a religious exemption to keep from getting a vax. 
What agencies are they? Well, they include the Department of Justice, Health and Human Services, Housing and Urban Development, Transportation, the Treasury, the Social Security Administration, even the Federal Election Commission. You've heard of the Heritage Foundation. They're a conservative group. Earlier this week, they found that 19 agencies were either thinking about or have already implemented that tracking system. The group warned that the system may be a test plan to monitor every federal worker. Our review of federal register notices found six additional agencies confirmed that a total of 25 are active today tracking religious exemption requests from employees of these federal agencies, along with any contractors, consultants, interns, volunteers that are associated with them. Because of the Biden administration's choice of the little-known pre-trial services agency, boy, that sounds benign, doesn't it? The little-known pre-trial services agency, that's what the Biden administration chose to implement the database. The Heritage Foundation called the system a test run for a nationwide database of every religious exemption request made by every federal worker that did so. The pretrial services agency, they gather information, make recommendations about newly arrested defendants in the criminal system of the federal government. It's likely the Biden administration is using some, if not all, of these agencies to stealth test a policy that it intends to roll out across the whole government. That's according to attorneys for the Heritage Foundation. Notices of the new tracking system were only made public in the Federal Register, the Daily Journal of the Federal Government. It just happened. News of the system drew criticism from, as you can imagine, quite a few conservative officials. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt wrote, the Biden administration must immediately dismantle this Orwellian database. He made that on regulations.gov. There's no freedom under our Constitution, he said, more sacred than the freedom of religious expression and practice. He called what the government is doing alarming, said it had a chilling effect on a citizen's exercise of religion. The AG directed his comments specifically to Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation. Rather than give the public ample time to weigh in on the advisability or even the legality of collecting this kind of personal information, the Department of Transportation's database in particular became effective on the day it was published. General Attorney General Eric Schmidt, Missouri said, none of the notices that are in the Federal Register announcing the tracking system say why the religious exemptions were being tracked or what the Biden administration plans to do with that information collected. That's a good one, isn't it? What the heck are they going to use it for? You can bet your bippy their plans are to use it for something. And the something they're planning to use it for, they want it to remain hidden from you and me. That's not a conspiracy theory either. Descriptions of that religious exemption tracking system don't specifically name the COVID-19 vaccination as one of the mandates. But the notices do state 
The new system is in response to guidelines issued by the newly created Safer Federal Workforce Tax Task Force under Biden's executive order that established the nationwide vaccine mandate. This system of records maintains personal religious info collected in response to religious accommodation requests for religious exception from the federally mandated VAX requirement in the context of a public health emergency or similar health and safety incident like a pandemic and epidemic, natural disaster, or national or regional, one of the Federal Register notices say. The tracking system will include names and personal religious information. Did you get that? 25 different agencies, the info, the tracking system, It's going to include names and personal religious information, according to the notices. Can you see any possibility of some really bad stuff happening in that? As the nation's largest employer, with over 4 million civilian and military employees, the federal government has received tens of thousands of religious exemption requests. There you go. Get to the bottom of it. The federal government doesn't like religious people. Seriously. Last week, Supreme Court struck down Joe Biden's executive order that mandated a vax or weekly testing for workers at private businesses. The court didn't overturn the vax mandate for healthcare workers or military members. Those employees can only avoid the COVID-19 vaccination. How? apply for a religious exemption, and now you're in a brand new database, and you now are being looked at by any one of or any combination of 25 different federal agencies that have you on their radar screen. If you feel like this tracking of Americans who filed for religious exemptions is something new or maybe something different, For the federal government, think again. Listen to this. The government's already secretly ordered and is ordering daily for Google to track anyone searching certain names, addresses, and or phone numbers. They're issuing warrants for Google to provide user data on anyone typing in certain search terms, raising fears that Innocent online users could get caught up in a serious crime investigation at a greater frequency than anybody ever thought. In an attempt to track down criminals, federal investigators have started using new keyword warrants. You know, the ones that they said they used, that FISA application for a FISA warrant used against the Trump campaign? Kind of like that, keyword warrants. That's kind of a broad brush. Yeah, we want to look, we want to look into and go online and we want you to pull a report that gives us the names, the phone numbers, the addresses, what religious affiliation they may have for every left-handed white person from uh, Florida. And they say it's in an attempt to track down criminals. Google has to respond to thousands of these warrants every year. 
But the keyword warrants are a relatively new strategy used by the government, and they obviously are very controversial. Trawling through Google's search history database enables the cops to identify people based on what they might have been thinking about, for whatever reason, at some point in the past. <laughs> Think about that. Have you ever thought something something that bordered on evil, or maybe you thought of something evil, <laughs> and you did a Google search? Listen, folks, Big Brother is watching it. I promise you, this is evidence that it's happening. The government said that the scope of these warrants is limited to, and quotation here, avoid implicating innocent people who happen to search for certain terms. But it's not publicly disclosed how many users' data are sent to the government and what the extent of the warrant requests are. Google has defended its decision to respond to the warrant, said it protects users when doing so. As with all law enforcement requests, we have a rigorous process designed to protect the privacy of our users while supporting the important work of law enforcement. But Big Brother's not over yet. You think we, we just scratched the surface. Two examples there. What about this one? Thirteen other ways the federal government keeps tabs on you and me, and they've been doing this for years, 13 of them. Let's just go through them real quickly. One, the NSA, the National Security Agency, they collect hundreds of millions of emails, texts, phone calls every day. And they have the ability to collect and sift through billions more. Wired Magazine just reported NSA is building an immense new data center that will intercept, analyze, and store even more electronic communications from satellites and cables across the nation and the world. Though the NSA is not supposed to focus on U.S. citizens, uh, it does. Number two, the FBI, their National Security Branch Analysis Center, has more than one and a half billion government and private sector records about U.S. citizens collected from commercial databases, government information, and from criminal probes. Number three, ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, and the New York Times recently reported that the cell phones of private folks here in the U.S. are being tracked without warrants by state and local law enforcement all across the country. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. With more than 300 million cell phones in the country connected to more than 200,000 cell towers, cell phone tracking software pinpoints the exact location of a phone and document the places the cell phone user visits over the course of a day, a week, a month, or even longer. Number four. More than 62 million people in the U.S. have their fingerprints on file with the FBI, with state and local governments too. This system, called the Integrated Automated Fingerprint Identification System. Why does the government name all of their departments and agencies with such long names? Why don't we just call it the IAFIS? Next time I bring you something about it, I'll say it that way. Well, that... IAFIS shares information with 43 states and five federal agencies. 
this system conducts more than 168,000 checks every day. Number five, over 126 million of their fingerprints, photographs, biographical info accessible on Homeland Security's automated biometric identification system. It's called IDENT for short. This system conducts about a quarter of a million biometric transactions every day. 365. The goal of this system, provide information for national security, law enforcement, immigration, intelligence, and other homeland security functions. Six. More than 110 million people have their visas and more than 90 million have their photographs entered into the Department of State's consolidated database. This system grows by adding about 35,000 people every day. This system serves as a gateway to the Department of State facial, facial recognition system to IDENT and also to IAFSIS, that other big long name. Number seven, DNA profiles of more than 10 million people. You can get them in the FBI coordinated combined DMA index system. Your, your genomes <laughs> are on file and the FBI looks at your DNA. Can you figure that out? That's nuts, folks. It's nuts. Number eight, info on more than 2 million people kept in the Intelligence Community Security Clearance Repository, commonly known as, this name just boggles the mind, Scattered Castles. That's what they call this. Most of the people in this database are employees of the Department of Defense and other intelligence agencies. Number nine, speaking of the Department of Defense, the DOD also has an automated biometric ID system to support military operations overseas. This database incorporates fingerprint, palm print, face, and iris matching on 6 million people and is adding 20,000 more every day. Number 10, info on over 740,000 people is included in the Terrorist Identities Data Mark Environment, T-I-D-E, of the National Counterterrorism Center. TIDE, T-I-D-E, is the U.S. government's central repository of information on international terrorist identities. The government says that less than 2% of the people on file are U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents. I wonder if that's true. The government, oh, they're never going to lie, right? They're going to tell the truth all the time. They were just given permission to keep their non-terrorism information on U.S. citizens for as long as five years. Used to be six months. Now it's five years. Don't get on that list. Oh, even accidentally. Because I can tell you, with that info, they can make your life hell. And probably because I just said that. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on some of these databases if I'm not already. Number 11, tens of thousands are subject to facial recognition software. Everywhere we go now, folks. The FBI has been working with the North Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles of all entities 
and even other state and local law enforcement on facial recognition software, and they got a, a project name for it. Face mask, go figure. Why don't these other agencies come up with these cool names? <laughs> Let's call this project a uh, face mask. For example, the FBI has provided thousands of pictures and names to the North Carolina DMV, which runs those against their photos of North Carolina drivers. The Maricopa, Arizona County Sheriff's Office alone records 9,000 biometric mud shots every month. Number 12, the FBI operates another one, folks, Nationwide Suspicious Activity Reporting Initiative, abbreviated as SAR. They collect the analyses, observation, or reports of suspicious activities by local law enforcement. You know, those bad, evil cops. With over 160,000 suspicious activity files, SAR stores the profiles of tens of thousands of you and me and legal residents who are not accused of any crime, but who are alleged to have acted suspiciously and who determines what you do and how you act is or is not suspicious. They do. Number 13, the FBI admits it has about 3,000 GPS tracking devices on cars of unsuspecting people in the U.S. today, right now even after the Supreme Court decision authorizing these only after a warrant for probable cases has been issued. Yes, some call people who actually believe that George Orwell got it right about Big Brother in his novel 1984. They call people like that conspiracy theorists and the belief that the federal government is actually surveilling private Americans, a conspiracy theory. Call it what you want. It actually is happening. How do we know that? Well, besides the verified, documented, and truthful information put on your memory cap with me, remember, once again, that fraudulent, affidavit filed by then-FBI Director James Comey to beg the FISA court to issue a warrant to surveil the Donald Trump campaign headquarters. Remember that? The application for that warrant contained fraudulent information that James Comey and the FBI added so that they could and did illegally obtain that warrant. We could go all day about that because what they did is a violation. It's a felony violation. Somebody should pay the price for that. Fraud in a FISA warrant application. And then they renewed that FISA warrant, the same one with the same information, three more times. That's not opinion, folks. It actually happened. It happened again, and it happened again, and it happened one more time. Nobody got caught Well, they did eventually in the uh, Mueller investigation, but nothing happened to any of them. Why? Because they're part of this Big Brother thing, and they look after their own. 
all this continues to happen in scary numbers of ways that we have no idea are even being used. If we know about these 13 of them, how many more do we not know about? Big Brother, folks, is real. Now, am I giving you all of this, the story yesterday? Am I giving you all this to scare you? No. I'm giving you all this because nobody else is giving you all this stuff. And you're an American citizen, right? Everybody in the room, you're American citizens, raise your hand. Wow, look at all those hands going up. (laughs) There's nobody in the room but me. (laughs) Uh, Folks, this stuff is true. Factual evidence all over the place for it. And you know what the scariest thing is of all of this? They don't give a rip that you and I know about it. They don't care. They don't even try to hide it anymore. That should scare us more than anything else. Wow, what a way to start the show today, huh? Some more facts. Hey, listen, if, you, uh, if you're new to this, if you just joined us for the first time, If you can't listen to an entire show, and I know two hours of listening to me and some of the people we bring on and some of the audio that we play here for you could get boring. I'm offended that you would ever get bored. (laughs) But, folks, I respect your time. But if you want to make sure you never miss anything, you can always go to truthnewsnet.org and look up the stories of each day. You'll remember it and the dates are up there. If you missed a show on, let's say Tuesday of this week, go to the story we published that day. Down at the bottom, you'll see the day show, the two-hour show in its entirety. And to access it, all you got to do is click on the go button. It's all there for you. And then if you're an Apple podcast or a Spotify podcast or a iHeartRadio podcast or a Stitcher podcast, or tune in now, podcast holder or member, or you have access to those. Anywhere in your car, anywhere you're going, take your phone out. The Every show is on each one of those outlets in the two-hour format. All you got to do to get to it within their system is when it comes up, just type this in the search bar, TNN Live, the name of our show. And a whole menu of the shows will pop up immediately. The latest show is at the top. And in the title, they're all dated. So if you miss a show like Tuesday of this week, which was the what? 2019th, the 18th. Just go to the 18th and you can listen to it all there for free. Gratis. We want you to never miss a day. Because we want you to know the same things that we know. Boy, I'd love to know all the stuff that you know too. Spreading the truth around, the reality around, pointing each other to sources that really give out the true stuff, that's the only way we're going to get through this thing. And we got to do it, folks. We got to do it. And we got to do it together. Here's the latest traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running, and Modesto Auto and Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, 
Think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342. 529-8342. Ah, luxury. The aroma is full-bodied, the flavor is decadent, the touch divine, and the drive Yes, the drive of luxury is simply infinity. Introducing the Infinity Luxury Test Tour. If you think you are familiar with luxury, you haven't driven an infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove invites you to truly become familiar with luxury and take a luxury test tour. It's like a test drive, but with more luxury. We invite you to drive luxury to luxury, not for an hour or even a day, but for an entire weekend. Your choice. Select your Infinity and motor off to a luxury weekend in Lake Tahoe or Napa Valley. And yes, all the luxury is on us. Introduce yourself to LuxuryTestTour.com and truly become familiar with luxury. Infinity of Elk Grove is literally giving you the keys to a luxury experience like none other. LuxuryTestTour.com. Drive luxury, drive infinity. Infinity of Elk Grove. Expect more. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. In a world of sizzle over substance, in a world where the evidence doesn't stand taller than the agenda, in a world where the facts are not compelling enough to convince, you're enrolled in a university of reality. TNN, the Truth News Network. And again, Professor Dan Newman. We're all in this together, too. You're part of this family. Join us. You can subscribe so you never miss a story, and it makes it easier to get to. Now, let me make it very clear. Subscription here doesn't mean anything. We don't sell anything. We don't ever send out mass emails. We're not in that type of business. None of what you see and hear here cost you a dime. None of it does. But what we want you to never happen is to miss something that we have going on because it's all important. So, at the bottom right hand of the front page of truthnewsnet.org, there's a place to subscribe. And I'm putting the word subscribe in parentheses, uh, quotation marks, because it's really not a subscription. But what will happen with just your name and your email address, every time a new bit of content, content, every day, one time a day, content goes up on our site, we want to make sure that you don't miss it. So on the site, every new story that comes up, there's a link to it. So what does that mean? You just click on the link and it takes you right to that story. You don't have to go to the homepage, truthnewsnet.org, and then go dig down and find that specific story. It just makes it easier to do that. So that's all you have to do, your name and your email address, and then you'll never miss another story and you never have to go fiddle and work through to find anything so you can keep yourself in tuned with the facts. And that's what we're about here. We told you this was going to happen. We told you earlier in the week. The Austrian parliament, late last night, voted in, gave their approval to their new mandatory vaccination policy, which includes every adult over the age of 18 
who have their primary or secondary residency in the country. If you got a country home, if you live in France or the UK or maybe the Western United States, wherever you live, and you're in Austria and you're a resident either part-time or full-time, you must be vaccinated for COVID-19. Austrians who have taken one or two doses of the coronavirus vaccines, all of them, except for the Chinese version, Sinovac, or the Russian Sputnik V vaccines will be considered fully vaccinated. But listen to this. If you refuse to get vaccinated, you're going to get fined $4,072 every month. Oh my gosh. If you're not able to be vaccinated for medical reasons, you're going to be exempted from the mandatory vaccination along with pregnant women. If you've recovered from the coronavirus, you'll also be exempt for a period of six months after you recover. From mid-March, Austrian police will also be checking vaccination status during their routine checks and traffic stops and giving out fines to those who cannot prove they are fully vaccinated. Some officers have expressed their concerns regarding the enforcement of this mandate. Think about it. Crime's everywhere. You want to uh, just throw out another layer of obligation for the police force? They're not going to add cops for this. They're just going to take cops off of doing the job they're supposed to do, what we hire them to do, keep us safe, stop criminal activity. And folks, with this, they're calling doing this, not being able to prove you're vaccinated, is criminal. It's incomprehensible to me why the police are used here in such an excess of controlling activity. I'm even talking about the fact that the cops are used here for political purposes quite inappropriately. That's Mr. Werner Herbert, head of the police union in Austria. While the vast majority of the members of the Austrian parliament voted for the measure, Populist Freedom Party, led by firebrand Herbert Kickel, voted against it. Today is a day of shame for the Austrian parliament and for our democracy, Kickel stated. The FPO deputies have voted unanimously against this unjust law, which is the totalitarian low point. They're using the T word over there just like I use here, totalitarian. We will do everything possible to bring down compulsory vaccination with a majority of citizens. Kickle has been a skeptic of the government's policies to combat the coronavirus from the very beginning, including lockdowns and the vaccine, uh, the vaccine mandatory policy. For us, it's about voluntariness. Everyone who has to decide for themselves whether they want to be vaccinated or not. No Austrian should be forced to vaccinate, Kickle said earlier in the week. 72% of the country have been vaccinated so far. I would say something that would make you think a little more. And I'm just sitting here. Should I say it? Should I say it? Okay, I'm going to say it. Don't think that can't come here. Don't think it can come here. Here's what I, here's what I recommend you do. 
I don't know who all's listening. I just looked in. We got a bunch of people from Los Angeles listening in today in southern, other parts of Southern California. wonder what that's all about. Nevertheless, I, I mentioned that because Southern California is probably the most egregious government top-down on everything to do with COVID-19. So if something like this happens, it probably wouldn't, it won't be. I can tell you this, it won't be a nationwide vaccination mandate. The Supreme Court's already kind of raised the lid on that with their unconstitutional label on the Biden administration, the federal government making any private entity max mandate. But what's going to happen, folks, they're going to find ways to instigate it and somehow put pressure, maybe not through criminal prosecution, but put pressure on people, take away certain things if you make a decision not to be vaccinated. They can do that, folks. There's a lot of stuff that's out there that we take for granted that they can take away from us if we refuse to comply. I don't know what that might would look like. I don't want to say it here because you can bet your bippy there's somebody somewhere listening in on the show today that anything I would say personally, it's going to go somewhere else. So I'm not going to say specifically what to do about that. But I think what you should do is consider those possibilities and come up with a plan. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, when he, he, he is... He's not just a registered Republican. He's further right than that. He's not an extremist in any way, but he is all about total personal rights for the American citizens, as the Constitution guarantees us. Um, Novel idea to think that, really, the only power our federal government has is the power that we, the people, give to them. But yet we watch every day where they, without any authorization from us, They just take it away from us. Rand Paul made a statement several years ago. I don't even remember the context in which he said it, but he said this. How much of your liberties and freedom are you willing to give to our federal government? The topic of the conversation was about surveillance. And we, yesterday's story at truthnewsnet.org, we discussed that. Now, please don't think that I'm one of those crazies that's out there that's digging a hole in my backyard and making a room for me and my wife to go live in because we're going to have to run from the government because they're coming to take us away. I'm not one of those people. Although every day, I think we edge a little bit closer to something like that being more of a possibility than it is today. I'm not saying that we need to start running down the street screaming, the sky is falling, the sky, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm, I don't think we'll ever get there. I'm believing God that we'll never get there. But start preparing or think, at least thinking through a plan. If something like that does happen, how are you going to handle it? So that's in Austria. That went in. You can imagine the pandemonium that's going across that nation today and other nations around that are looking in. The very first hints of a coronavirus policy change 
appear to be underway in Europe. Not just Austria, folks. Ireland and France are looking not to see how to follow Austria, but to see how to follow England. And we told you yesterday what was announced yesterday in England. They did away with their mandates. Social distancing, vaccine mandates, mask mandates. Think about that. Both France and Ireland look set to start easing their own COVID restrictions with officials in both countries outlining plans for an escape from lockdown rules. And that's coming in the wake of the UK's government announcing a bonfire of regulations for England. Movement in both of these nations, Ireland and France, comes just days after Boris Johnson, UK Prime Minister, announced that a a variety of measures, including mandatory wearing a mask in a multitude of public places, are imminently scrapped, effective yesterday. According to one report in the Irish Independent, Ireland's now also looking at dumping a variety of lockdown rules, including scrapping all measures to do with the nation's embattled hospitality sector. Reports are that the nation's National Public Health Emergency Team has also recommended the end of the nation's internal system of vaccine certifications, potentially putting an end to the banning of unjabbed individuals within the country from indoor dining, among other amenities, unless they can prove they have recovered from COVID. Now see, banning from indoor dining if you didn't have a certification that you had been vaccinated. I mean, folks, we're already right up to the edge of the precipice, aren't we? I mean, we're right there. I can't imagine the horror we will experience if somebody finds a way, and there are plenty of people that are looking for that way and have the power to do it, push us over the edge of that. We're right up to the edge. We don't want to go over the edge, but think through a plan for you and your loved ones if that ever happens. The paper reports a negative COVID test has never been sufficient within the country as a method to bypass these restrictions. They're going to change that. France, meanwhile, has also published its plan to escape lockdowns with the nation's Prime Minister Jean Castex unveiling a timetable for scrapping restrictions. He announced it yesterday. Starting from February 2nd, France will begin rolling back some of its more draconian restrictions like mandatory wearing a mask outdoors. Nightclubs are also set to reopen on February 16th. Castex noted that the government may even consider suspending its regime of vaccine passes should the situation surrounding the virus further improve within the country. It looks like maybe common sense is taking hold. Let me tell you what else instigated this thing. I don't know about Ireland, but certainly in France, every weekend. In fact, some days during the week for months on the streets of Paris and other big French cities, French citizens are out in mass. Our media doesn't cover it because they don't want Americans to get ideas. Protesting. Cops everywhere. Violence breaks out. You know how it is. You put a bunch of angry people. I don't care what country we're talking about, but people that are angry with what their government's doing or not doing, 
They're going to get up in arms, not literally, but get out there to make sure those governments know how unhappy they are, the people are, with what those governments are doing. Folks, this kind of thing is happening everywhere around the world, and pretty much at some point, somewhere, it always is. Iran, we never talk about it. The Iranian citizens, they're in the streets every day going crazy about what's happening top-down in their government. There are no individual freedoms in that nation. The religious zealots at the top, they control everything. We're blessed that we haven't had to deal with this kind of stuff, but it is out there, and it can happen, folks. It can happen. Now, let's get away from this. Let's go into some other stuff. You wanted to do that? Well, guess who is back in the bullseye of a bunch of different people in the United States? Been kind of quiet for months about Hunter Biden. Biden's back in the news because some really bad news has come to life about Hunter Biden. Factual information. Now, let me just say this. The big thing about Hunter Biden is not Hunter Biden. Now, I know he would be thoroughly offended if he was listening, and he may be. Who knows? Hunter, if you're listening, listen closer. This is about you, buddy. Hunter, we know, has gotten involved in a bunch of things that him doing it solo is just suspect. Why would Hunter be doing this? Unless, and it's the unless part of that that keeps people with the big question mark about Hunter Biden from that missing laptop. I've seen some of the videos that came off that laptop. Folks, I can tell you this. Some of the content from that, it's not pornography. It's just crazy violence. And it's the kind of stuff I would never think would happen. I don't think anybody would do that. But when you look at my son, when you look at our daughters, look at the way they are now. They're both in their, they're all three in their early 40s. Look at their lives. Look how they act. That in large part is because of what they were taught, how they were brought up, the environment in which they were raised by Marianne and I. Your kids, the same thing. What our kids do and how they live always a big chunk of it is going to come from what they learned from mom and dad. That's the way it's supposed to happen. So in the context of that thinking, what the heck is going on with Hunter Biden? Where'd that come from? You know what I'm saying? We need to think about those things. But anyway, from the very beginning of the Hunter Biden stuff, And it was not just the laptop. It was a bunch way before. Did you know? And and we've come, I've, I've brought this to this show before. Hunter Biden, no official position in the U.S. government. The only thing he's ever been is Joe Biden's son. That's it, period. He is and has been involved at the highest levels of really big corporations and money internationally. For years. Now, how can that happen? He has, he's, he's a attorney, and I, I'm doing the uh, quotation marks in the, uh, in the studio here because he's never been a good attorney, but he's always been part 
of a legal firm. That just gives him some credibility and, you know, my firm, my firm, my firm. Well, he's also got an investment firm. He's had one or two of them before. He has no background in big investments. He knows nothing about investing. That Burisma holding company in Ukraine that we've heard all that about in the last two years, that's just a fly on the board, on the table of what he's involved in. And he is under fire again. For what? Now the Sox business exclusive, Hunter Biden and a former Biden aide invested in two Chinese companies with ties to the top levels of the Chinese Communist Party and its military. Emails show that as recent as 2017, Hunter's private equity firm held a 5% stake in Harv's amusement parks and interest in Harv's sports and entertainment. Both are backed by China's development bank tied to the Chinese military. The emails added that Harv's was partnering with NBA stars Magic Johnson and LeBron James in 2016 to host an NBA global game in China. In 2020, Harv's announced it was partnering with NBA China to bring basketball-themed entertainment centers to the country. No wonder LeBron James is always apologizing for the CCP. The revelation coming as more are asking for answers from the Secret Service on Hunter Biden's government-sponsored travel to Russia and China, among other places, during his time uh, under his father's time as vice president. So far, we have not heard the details from the Secret Service. So there you go. Now, let me give you some more news. More than 200 times, 200 plus times, in the eight years that Barack Obama and Joe Biden were president and vice president, during that eight-year period, more than 200 times, Hunter Biden took United States aircraft overseas at taxpayer expense for his personal business negotiations. A big chunk of those trips were to China and Ukraine and to Russia. Those are documented facts, folks. How in the heck would that be authorized? How in the heck was it allowed to happen? Let me just paint you a scenario that I can see. Barack and Joe sitting in the Oval Office. Look, 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 Mr. President. Oh, excuse me. This is Joe. Barack, listen. You know, we've got all kind of information and knowledge of what's going on in Europe. And you don't have a lot of experience there. So let let me kind of take the lead on this whole thing. You know, Russia's invading or they took just this little chunk of Ukraine and they may come back again. But we need to get in a real close relationship with the leadership in the nation of Ukraine. And so the way we can do that is go over there. Hunter can go over there. I mean, he's a lawyer. He can go over there and sit down with some of those business people over there and help them get things kind of shaped up. Barack Obama, sure. That's a great idea. Open the door. I don't have time to mess with all the stuff going on over there in Ukraine. Y'all handle that, Joe. Something like, I can picture something like that happening. 
And then later, after Hunter leaves, Joe comes back and says, listen, Barack, there's a chance to make some money there. There's some opportunities there. We'll, we'll let you know when the door is open. If it, if it opens up, we'll let you know about it. I can see that happening. Folks, whenever you wonder about evil in anything, always ask this question, where's the money? Where's the money? Hunter Biden gets on the board of Burisma Holdings. He forms a relationship with the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. He gets $10 million from her. For what? Nobody knows. All kinds of wire transfers going all over. From Ukraine to Ukraine, China, Russia, other European nations. Folks, I'm not talking about millions of dollars, billions of dollars. They cut one deal. On one of his trips, the president, excuse me, he's president now, he was VP then, on our big Air Force Two, goes to China to meet with Xi Jinping and several other corporate tycoons in China. And you know what that means. They're not corporate tycoons in China. These are plants that the Chinese Communist Party puts in place of corporations that are supposedly privately owned, but they're all owned by the Chinese government. On the first deal that Hunter cut there with Joe, that very first deal, one and a half billion dollars of investment money from those Chinese corporations, privately owned, of course. This is not our government. You know, this is not Xi Jinping. These are corporations. They they really, they love Joe Biden. They love Hunter Biden, and they want to get involved in the United States. One and a half billion dollars. It was an investment firm. Hunter had never been in the investing business. And the second biggest country on the planet, they give him a billion five hundred million dollars to invest on their behalf. Anyway, it's bad enough that he got those two hundred and whatever, two twenty, I think, two twenty two or two twenty three plane rides that you and I paid for. Do you know what it costs to take and the the kind of jet, international jet that this would go to Northern Europe, Eastern Europe, and China. We're talking about a plane that if you want to go rent it, and the ones that our military have are Gulfstream, G5s, G550, 650s, which are the big ones that seat like 17, 18 people. And it costs in fuel to operate $10,000 an hour. That's the cost, folks. Think about the cost of flying round trip to Beijing from the U.S., from Washington, or even Ukraine, or even Western Europe. Private business, and you and I paid for it. The big question is not, is there corruption there? Listen closely. The big question is, There's two of them, two questions, big ones. Will we ever know the extent of the corruption? And two, will all the people that are involved in it be held accountable? And of course, at this particular point in this administration, the answer is H-E-L-L, no. We're not going to know any more than that. Maybe we'll get a little tidbit here and there that leaks out but we're not going to even think about anybody being held accountable for it. 
Because this administration, folks, it is all in Joe Biden. He's doing such a fantastic job. We just need we just need to back away. For anybody that thinks anything's not good going on up there right now, oh my gosh, the Democrats in the House of Representatives, they've got all their stuff together. Democrats on the Senate side, they can't get anything done because they can't get the filibuster canned. And then there's the White House. They control all three entities of our federal government that are involved in making laws and spending our money and making all of our policy decisions. They control them all, but they can't get anything done. Why? Because guess what? The government is still of the people, by the people, and for the people, and there are enough people up that are standing up to their totalitarian policies that they want to shove down our throats to keep it from happening. How good or things in the U.S. Congress, the House of Representatives specifically? Here's the thing. I say to my members on a regular basis when we gather in caucus, and as you know, sometimes it's hybrid these days, but anytime we have gathered in caucus, one way actually virtually or hybrid, I've said to them, under this roof, figuratively or actually, is the greatest collection of intellect, integrity, and imagination for doing the right thing for the American people. Intellect, intelligence, and imagination for doing the right thing for the American people. That's who Nancy Pelosi says is controlling the House of Representatives. Do you believe that? But she wasn't done. Eleanor Holmes Norton is struggling to park her car right now. Let let me give you the context of this. And I'm not going to give you her name, but one female Democrat member of the House of Representatives on Monday of this week was seen out of one of the office buildings that they have their offices in around the U.S. Capitol parking her car. And she's I don't know what age she is, but I'd say she's probably 60 plus. And that's not a bad thing, folks. I'm 68. Am I 68? No, I'm 67. I'll be 68 this year. Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm joking. Hey, but she's having problems parking her car and she's banging with her car. She's banging the car next to her. And these are a couple of guys that are looking out the window watching it happen. Eleanor Holmes Norton is struggling to park her car right now. And she has hit that red car next to her repeatedly. And we're taking pictures. And and we don't think they're going to do anything about it. And if she parks like that, she should not be a member of Congress anymore. And is she going to sure. park like that? It looks like it. Yep. this roof, figuratively or actually, is the greatest collection of intellect, integrity, 
and imagination for doing the right thing for the American people. I have great confidence in the integrity of my members. They are remarkable. From, from the speaker down, folks. Let me tell you, you could, you could do this. You could put them all together, get them all together in one room. Those smart people, you could, you could just take their heads. They're so smart, so vibrant, so intellectual and committed, creative. You could put all their heads in a pile. What are you talking about, Dan? Yeah. Put all their heads together in a pile and make a pretty sizable rock pile. But Nancy says it's it's full of so much integrity and honesty. It's scary. Yeah, it is. But you know what? You got to chuckle. If you don't, you're going to cry. And crying gets squat done in politics today. <laughs> you can't whine. You can't cry. You just got to look at it, shake your head, and just keep on trucking. And we are going to be fine. I promise you. We are. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Have a seat. Where's the food? What kind of meeting is this? There's no food. We just said that so you would show up. What? No food? There's someone we think you should talk to. Hey, Dan, your co-workers told me you haven't done your taxes. I just want to say, you can call a TurboTax Live CPA for help. We'll help you get your refund and get back to your life. You'd really do that for me? Yeah, Dan. It's literally my job. Thanks, guys. So there's no snacks? Nothing? I brought kale. TurboTax Live. Now with CPAs on demand. Just think about what you just heard. In the context of um, smartness, you just heard somebody trying to get in a parking place that's in the, I mean, one of the most powerful positions in the nation. And this poor lady, she can't get her car parked. And instead of just getting out and maybe even asking somebody to help her, she just keeps banging, backing up and banging the car next to her like that's going to fix it. And that person is one of the 435 in the United States House of Representatives that's crafting all the stuff that's going to change our lives. And she's one of the most intelligent people that run our nation, according to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Well, there's some, there's some really bad news coming out of Washington, D.C., and it's not good. For the Democrats, the latest poll just released overnight from the Trafalgar Group, it shows that the GOP have a pretty commanding 13-point lead over the Democrats nationwide on a generic ballot. 
The polls show that 56% of the likely general election voters say they would vote for the Republican candidate, whoever it is, while only 42% said they would vote for the Democrat candidate. The poll was conducted between the 12th and the 15th of January, with the survey questions asked to 1,077 likely general election voters, a margin of error of plus or minus 2.9%. The poll also showed a confidence rate of 95%. However, while the poll is in favor of the Republicans, it sampled more Democrats than Republicans and nonpartisan. The poll had 39% Democrat, 35% Republican, and 25% nonpartisan or other respondents. Now, what does that mean? Well, technically, there are more Democrats in the nation than there are Republicans. So this is this particular poll wasn't weighted. They put it out actually. So what does that mean, Dan? That means that the numbers, if they had weighted it, would be even worse for the Democrats. And I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. Do you? This comes right at the time a story published in Politico, not a very uh, middle-of-the-road agency, I think you would agree, very far left. And that story showed Democrats have started to admit they're losing Latin voters. The report acknowledged that former President Donald Trump made huge gains with the Latino community across the country when he was our president. As a result, the Democrat Party appeared to sound their alarms. The report noted that there's a creeping fear that the traditional Democrat advantage with Latino voters will continue to erode this November in the midterms. I don't know if you were here with us the other day, but I, I, I weighed in on the Latino thing. Here's what's happening at our southern border, and here's why it's happening. And I don't want to beat the drum every day, but there's one reason for it, and that's the only reason that Joe Biden has just turned his back on enforcing federal immigration laws and just opening our southern border for all these folks, many of them, most of them Latino, but a lot of them other nationalities and places of origin, flooding in here. You know why they're not just allowing that, but promoting that? They feel that this will give them the opportunity to cement the control of our entire government by Democrats going forward because when they get these people here, they're certain they're going to find a way to make them all legal, give them all citizenship at some point, and what comes with that? The right to vote. Those people that Democrats allowed them to come in, therefore they owe the Democrats something. What do they owe the Democrats? Well, if you want to perpetuate this policy, all other people, Latin people that you know, give them the same chance that you had, you got to vote to keep us in charge. But it's backfiring on the Democrats, and I don't think they've picked up on it yet. Here's how it's backfired. Latinos are coming here. Some of them, of course, are coming here for evil but a massive percentage of them, they want to come here to get the American life. Now, what is the American life that they're coming for? Although the Democrats are telling them, we're going to take care of you. You and I both know that if it happens, it's only going to be temporary. They're going to have to go out and find a way to support themselves. In other words, they're going to have to work. Everybody else that's coming here, that huge majority, 
They're coming here because they want to work. They want to get jobs. And when they get jobs, the Latino society folks, it's a whole way different than what we see play out among a lot of Americans. I have a friend. His first name is Bill. He is a uh, rather large general contractor. Does a lot of construction, a lot of multi, you know, apartment complexes, things like that. And he said this. He said, I love Latino workers in my company. And he said, there are massive differences between them and the American people. I said, what, what's different, Bill? He said, they come to work. They come early every day. They don't get on their cell phones. They don't waste time. They work their butts off in the morning. And then when it comes lunchtime, my team, talking about the team of Americans that he has working, they get in their trucks and they go eat lunch and they're gone for an hour, hour and a half. The Latino workers, every one of them, they go sit down. If there's a tree somewhere close by, they'll all go sit under a tree, pull out a lunch that their wives pack for them and they'll eat and 30 minutes later, they're back at work. We're in the construction business, so when it rains, my crews get in their trucks and they leave. They're gone for the day because, you know, materials get wet, it's unsafe. The Latinos go get under the tree until the rain's over, they go back to work. Who's going to perpetuate that opportunity? Will a Democrat agenda, the one that they're looking at now, will it will it make that kind of opportunity available for these hardworking Latinos to come to the United States? No, it won't. But what policies will do that? The policies that support capitalism, where it lifts up the people rather than the government sitting up there and controlling all the money. In fact, folks, these Latino people are leaving their countries where it is exactly like these Democrats in in power today want to take this nation. They're leaving those style of companies, countries to come here to live and be part of our true, free, capitalist society. That's why the Latino votes are quickly going away from the Democrats to the Republicans because the Republicans, on the most part, represent that philosophy. Republican candidates and organizations raised tens of millions of dollars last year to create a sizable war chest as they're going to try desperately to take back both the House and the Senate this November. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy from California, he's gunning for the Speaker's gavel next year. He raised $72 million for the House Republican Conference by himself. Furthermore, in the House, the Republicans' campaign arm, the National Republican Congressional Committee, announced a total of $140 million in last year's off-year fundraising haul. That obliterates their previous off-year record. In the Senate, the Republicans' campaign arm, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, also announced it had an off-year record-breaking fundraising haul of $104 million. So where does all this money come? Most of it comes from a lot of individuals, but a lot of it comes from corporations, big corporations, that are in the business of supporting business, supporting capitalism. 
And I know it sounds like, oh, you know, they're just raising money and all that money is going to go into pockets. No, it cost a billion dollars to run a presidential campaign today. Thankfully, it doesn't cost that much for House and Senate seats, but they are getting far more expensive. And you can watch the tenor of this nation. It goes as the way the corporate and the private contributions go because these are the entities that need people sitting in one of those 535 seats in Washington, D.C. in the Capitol that are friendly and very supportive of capitalism, not socialism, socialism light, whatever you want to call it. Did you hear about the Supreme Court finding? Texas abortion providers and advocates got a big slap in the face yesterday when the Supreme Court rejected their request for a federal judge to accelerate the legal challenge to Texas's six-week abortion ban. There was no majority opinion issued. The six conservative and moderate justices voted in lockstep with each other, while the three liberal justices, that's Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Alina Kagan, they dissented. They didn't say anything. This case is a disaster for the rule of law and a grave disservice to women in Texas who have a right to control their own bodies. That's Sotomayor. Sotomayor further lamented the Texas law violates 50 years of Supreme Court precedents by creating a private bounty hunter scheme. What that's about is the government's not going to get involved in identifying illegal abortions in Texas. Private citizens in the law that they passed, it was signed in the law, individuals are the ones that report this. And they're calling this, or Sotomayor called it, a private bounty hunter scheme. It's been over four months since the bill took effect, she wrote. The law immediately devastated access to abortion care in Texas through a complicated private bounty hunter scheme that violates nearly 50 years of this court's precedence. Today, for the fourth time, the court declined to protect pregnant Texas from egregious violations of their constitutional rights, she added. Where in the Constitution does it mention the A word, abortion? It doesn't. I bet you thought it was in there. It's not. As noted by the New York Times, this ruling follows a decision last month allowing providers to sue at least some state folks to try to block or limit the law. That victory was an empty one, the dissenting justices wrote on Thursday, because the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit down in my state, New Orleans, refused to return the case to the trial judge. Instead, sent it on a legal detour to a state court. The pro-life organization Texas Right for Life celebrated the decision yesterday, as you can imagine, called it another opportunity to save preborn lives. Simply put, the Fifth Circuit Court is correct, they say, and the abortion industry is wrong. With today's ruling, the lawsuit will continue in the appropriate venue and the Texas Heartbeat Act will continue to save preborn lives. 
through this whole abortion conversation, I just go back to this. We argue over the beginning of life. When does that happen? Tell me that the four inches in the birth canal between the uterus and the outside, four inches of space is all that determines when that fetus becomes a human. That's the most ridiculous argument I have ever heard of. Just seconds make the difference. And the other thing that I don't understand, my wife has never been invited to a fetus shower. Lots of baby showers, but no fetus showers. Biden got another slap in the face. A poll released by Students for Life of America found that most millennials and also most members of the Gen Z class, that's 18 to 34-year-olds, don't appear to share the Biden administration's radical abortion views. 80% of these younger Americans believe they should have the right to vote on abortion-related policies in their state. In their state, folks, people think that if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned, abortion's done. It's not, folks. There can still be legal abortions in the state if Roe v. Wade is ever ruled unconstitutional. What do you mean, Dan? Well, how did they have abortions before the Roe v. Wade decision back in the early 70s? The legality of that was handled on a state-by-state basis. States determine whether abortion is going to be legal in their state or not. Not the federal government. That's all it does. 80% of these young Americans believe they should have that right to vote on abortion-related stuff in their state. That's up from 66% who said that just a year ago. Also, though jobs, the economy, health care, and the coronavirus are top issues for these young folks that are likely to have considerable impact on how they vote, one in five, 20% of those identified abortion as one of the top three issues that will influence their vote. Now, this is a dramatic shift, but let me tell you where it comes from. One thing good, there were a lot of things that were good, but one thing that was really good that was part of, and I don't think anybody planned it this way, but it turned out to be part of the Donald Trump four years as president. A new light was shined on a whole lot of things that had been buried for decades a whole lot of facts that had been misrepresented for decades. And when conflict came up, and when each of these things that were big deals for so long and were just assumed to be resolved, when they came up and Trump pushed back on some of it, these Gen Zers and millennials began to ask questions and began to look for facts And when they did, they found out it had been grossly misrepresented to them. And so, novel idea, have some free-thinking younger Americans that are willing to go look and find facts to get education, get actual ideas and factual information implanted in their hearts instead of these one-sided political narrative opinions. Once educated about when a human fetal heartbeat can be detected, 
52% of those polls say they support a heartbeat abortion ban, with exceptions for rape, incest, or when the mother's life is in danger. 65% said doctors should be required to search for a heartbeat prior to performing an abortion. 60% of millennials and Gen Z say they support Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton when they are educated about the Supreme Court's rulings in Roe and Doe. It becomes clear they are neither familiar with the details nor do they fully embrace those details. They're just embracing what they've been told. According to that poll, 55% say they do not want their tax dollars to be used to pay for abortions throughout the world. 54% support the Hyde Amendment. You hear that all the time. What is the Hyde Amendment? It prohibits federal tax dollars to fund abortions here in the United States. 67% say they oppose abortion just for sex selection. 66% oppose the procedure if the mother fears her child may be the same sex attracted or transgender. And 60% express concern about the number of abortions in minority communities. 68% would be more likely to vote for a political candidate who supports requiring in-person medical care and testing before and after the use of drugs to induce an abortion. As you can hear, this is deep, deep, deep and very detailed. And the bottom line is it's plain and simple, folks. Younger Americans don't like the idea of at will for any reason, at any time, any place, being able to abort a baby. In a world right now where everything is topsy-turvy and up and questionable and spooky and all those kind of things, it's comforting to me to listen to and know that maybe, just maybe, this reason, this common sense is having an impact on young Americans so that when we decide to take a bow, leave this world, or just get out of the system. In other words, we get old, (laughs) and we're not directly involved anymore. There are going to be some folks that step up and say, we got this, Mom, Grandpa, Grandma. We've got this. And they're going to start doing the right things. That's a good thought, isn't it? You love chocolate. Mm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes. M&M's dark chocolate candies, available wherever fine candies are sold. Biggie bag, huh? It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's biggie bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. 
Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are some mates' other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and some mates' new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sun-made snacks. As the sum of each generation before it, the next generation Corvette stands alone. As the new standard of precision and performance, of engineering and technology, of everything that makes an icon an icon, and a Corvette a Corvette. So the left has the squad. There isn't enough beer to hold to watch what happens next. You are the army of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. You know what? That that brings up a question. You just heard that. Pete Moss and that bump there. He mentioned the squad. Have you heard anything out of AOC or any of her compadres in the squad? regarding this latest rash of craziness in Congress. I haven't heard a peep. That really surprises me. I figured they'd be amped up and right in the middle of it all, telling us all the world was going to burn and we were all going to die simply because we didn't pass those egregious overhauls of the voting system and another two or three, four or five, six or seven trillion dollars spending stuff. They've been amazingly quiet about that. I wonder what's going on there. You can bet there is something going on. Well, the turtle, Mitch McConnell, he came out of hiding. He hadn't said too much of late. But in our next two um, stories, Mitch is right in the middle of it. Yesterday, he was being interviewed on Fox News Channel's special report. Mitch was dismissive of congressional Democrat legislative efforts, that so-called voting rights bill, he just kind of dismissed it. He said, look, I don't think the American people are clamoring for any pieces of Build Back Better. They want us to tackle the problems that are they're concerned about, like inflation at the top of the list, a wide open border. We've already talked about the threat against Ukraine. Those are the things the American people are thinking about. The president needs to sync his plans with things that people give a rip about. They've been off this toot over voting rights, for example. 94% of the American people, he said, think it's easy to vote right now. We had a record turnout last year, the highest turnout since 1900 percentage-wise, 120 years ago. Nobody's being discriminated against in voting. The Voting Rights Act... 1965 is still intact. Mitch said, I actually was there to witness it as a young intern here on Capitol Hill. They're making all this up. Why are they doing this? They want a federal takeover of how every election in America is run. That's not how this country has been run for 250 years. It's not what the American people are interested in having them do since 94% of them already think it's easy to vote. Uh, that's a novel idea. Just uh, make decisions based on the facts, right? And he responded, Mitch did yesterday, to Biden's repeated claim that Republicans can't verbalize what they are for. We played that soundbite where he, in that press conference, he just he just asked those reporters in the room, what 
are Republicans for? Tell me, what do Republicans believe? What are they for? Nobody can tell me that, he said. McConnell obviously disagreed with that. He said, my good friend, the president, got it wrong once again. Mitch said, I helped him pass a bipartisan infrastructure bill. I supported in the Senate a bill to deal with China and the computer chip shortage. If the president starts acting like a moderate, like he campaigned and like he was for 40 years in the Senate, we can do business. The reason we've not been speaking recently this year is because he adopted the Bernie Sanders prescription for America. He did that even though he got no mandate for it, a 50-50 Senate and a couple of seats majority in the House, and they couldn't get it through. Mitch added the American people like himself don't want the socialist transformation of America that people like Bernie Sanders and the squad envision. If the president wants to reinvent himself, come back to the middle, we have things to talk about that we can work on together. Now let me give you a historical perspective. Bill Clinton served two terms in office. And a lot of people didn't think he was going to be reelected because of the Monica Lewinsky sand, uh, scandal. But nevertheless, he got elected, even with all that baggage. But what happened, the light went off in Bill Clinton's head. Bill Clinton is a smart guy. That's one thing I could never say about him. He's not stupid. He always was, and he still is, a smart guy. And so he examined the political landscape in that midterm election. And here's what happened coming out of it. He lost the House. He lost control of the House of Representatives. Newt Gingrich was the House Speaker. Clinton actually went he and Newt met to discuss mutually some things that they could do together. The president went to the House Speaker of the other party and said, look, what can we do? Newt had done his contract to America full of things that needed to be happened, needed to happen, be implemented, laws passed, legislation, policies, all those kind of things. And Clinton said, let's do it. The biggest one was welfare reform. There had never been a work requirement in welfare benefits coming from the federal government. That destroyed a lot of families, a lot of African-American families. That bill made it more financially uh, equitable for people to not be married, not have a husband in a household. The wife and mother would get more money from the federal government through welfare, and there was no work requirement. They put a work requirement in. Welfare, dollars, percentage-wise, everything went down. African-American employment went up. More families stayed together. That was just one thing. Wouldn't it be interesting if Joe Biden would take a page out of that book and come to the Republican leaders, Kevin McCarthy in the House, Mitch McConnell in the Senate and said, look, guys, we're not getting this stuff worked out. We're not going anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. The American people want us to work together. What can we do? And 
Hey, basically, I just thought about that. Didn't he tell us he was going to unite us if he was elected? As Mitch McConnell just said, and I'm sure he's being nice, he said he and Joe, they've been friends for decades. They haven't even talked in a while. The Senate minority leader hasn't had conversations with the president because the president doesn't want to talk to them about anything. Yeah, Joe campaigned as a moderate, but he in office has been nothing close to a moderate. He has joined Bernie Sanders and the squad and become a far leftist. Isn't it been interesting this week to watch if you ever take the time to look in on CNN and MSNBC and read some of the printed material coming out of newspapers like New York Times, Washington Post, they're changing, folks. They're actually beginning to pile on Joe Biden in a way. CNN today is being ridiculed online following their news network's new job postings. Listen to this. They are seeking reality reporters. Reality reporters. And an accompanying editor to help combat what it deems misinformation, with many noting the hypocrisy of CNN having been accused itself of misinformation and lies on a bunch of occasions. They still frame themselves as being the arbiters and the reporters of facts. So in the job listing for this misinformation team in New York City, CNN Digital states it has begun to seek reality reporters, and an editor to help run a new team. We're looking for reporters to cover reality and an editor to guide them in doing it. So what's part of the job? Well, they say it entails covering the distortions of reality and those behind them and includes vaccine refusal and what it deems extremism and insurrection. That includes the uses and the abuses and the distortions of it, the people twisting it, and the effect that twisting is having on all of us, from schools closed over rumors about TikTok challenges to vaccine refusal to extremism and insurrection. The ideal candidate, the big one, this is the panacea, this is the perfect candidate for this job, they say. Somebody who can see the big picture and who loves reporters and stories. Why would you need to love reporters to work in a news organization? I would think that would be irrelevant. Get along would be relevant, but love? I don't know about that. They should also be ready to jump into action on it and possess a deep knowledge of misinformation and the issues surrounding it. In other words, what that means, they got to have deep knowledge of misinformation and the issues surrounding it. What it means is this, look, if you come in and you, we like you, you make an impression and we like you, here's what is going to happen if you're going to get hired. You're going to have to listen to what we tell you and define as misinformation. It doesn't matter what you think. We're going to tell you what misinformation is, and you're going to have to go dig and find those things and give it to the reporters, your editor, to turn into stories. In a tweet Tuesday, Alex Koppelman, who's a managing editor for CNN, tweeted, he's hiring individuals for the new team. He said, we already do a lot of important work on this. He said, 
and we want to do more. And as you can imagine, (laughs) the social media world went nuts. 1984 Ministry of Truth wrote investigative reporter Drew Hernandez, Bar none, the funniest story of the day is the fact that CNN announced new team dedicated to covering misinformation. That was from Joe Pag's radio show. Every joke and poke and comment exposing this nuttiness did not go far enough to mock this ridiculous announcement, he said. CNN covering misinformation is a joke. That came from Turning Point USA. Just read the report that CNN is launching a show dedicated to misinformation. It's called CNN. (laughs) This is laughable, wrote former judge Alex Ferrer. If you're going to cover CNN misinformation, you might want to hire 30. (laughs) Will this replace the many teams that CNN has to create misinformation? Asked Dan Gaynor of the Media Research Center. This is rather surprising. You don't normally hear of left-wing networks hiring staff to call out its fellow anchors, reporters, and analysts for spreading nonsense. That came from talk show Jason Rantz. Kudos to CNN for finally looking in the mirror to call out their misinformation and uh, disingenuous takes, he added. Along with NBC, The New Yorker, The Atlantic, and New York Times, ground zero for the insane Trump is Putin's blackmail pawn conspiracy theory. That was CNN. They were led around by CIA to spread the most unhinged conspiracy. That's from Glenn Greenwald. Now they really believe they fight rather than spread misinformation, he added. Are you going to recover the Steele dossier, Hunter's laptop, the Russian bounties, ISIS Air Force in Syria, and all the other tales and misinformation CNN told? It's funny, folks. You have these people, and, and the, the, there are a lot of horrible things about it, and I don't want to, I'm going to move on, but these are people that make seven figures, million dollars and up. I mean, maybe one of those beat reporters, somebody out on the street does regional work or whatever, may, may only make four, five hundred, six hundred thousand. But everybody that sits in a chair on television, they're seven figures and higher. So how do you reconcile in your mind if you're that person? I'll give you I'll give you an example. Joe Biden's White House press secretary, Jen Psaki. She worked at CNN before Joe Biden brought her into his camp. Before that, she worked in the Obama State Department. She was actually the person at the podium for state briefings back then. That was my first introduction to her, and I thought she was an empty suit the first time I saw her run a press conference. They considered themselves to be the very beginning of knowledge and truthful information even when they know what they're saying is a lie. Somehow in their minds, even everybody had seen it, this is the only way you can reconcile the attack that they make over and over and over again against anything and everything that, and anybody that think differently from them. They don't care if what they're saying is right. All they care is making people accept the fact that they are the only ones They have the total control 
over what is right, truthful, and what should be said about anything and everything in everything they report on. They start there. They don't start with the story. They start with the political narrative that they must adopt on everything, and they push down from there what they're going to say or what they're going to write. People live in that world. Do you ima- Can you imagine how horrible and all over the place their personal lives must be if that is their approach in the jobs they work in? But it is. MSNBC is just as bad. Have you heard the latest from host Joy Reid on her show, The Readout? Here's what she said yesterday. President Biden's Infrastructure Investments and Jobs Act, she called it a white guy employment act. She had Pete Buttigieg on her show, Secretary of Transportation, former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That was his credential to run for president, by the way. Joy asked, Buttigieg, do you think it was a mistake looking back because the infrastructure bill that was passed was cleaved apart from what's now being called Build Back Better? And in a sense, it's a bill that's it's like a white guy employment act, right? There's going to be a lot of working class men that are going to get employed by that bill, but that's the very cohort that is much more likely to reward Republicans for that. That's who they vote for. Most working class white guys vote Republican, she said. Meanwhile, all the stuff for the women, for moms, for people who need child care, for people of color, that's going to affect climate, which young people really care about, you know. Extending the child tax credit, all the stuff that helps families and women and younger people and people with college debt, all that got dropped. Do you think it was a mistake to split those bills? Buttigieg said no. And I want to challenge the idea that this is a bill that only benefits one part of the population. I get where you're coming from and what you're saying. But look, something like the investment is in transit. You know, it's Americans of color, commuters of color who are most likely to depend on that. You look at the jobs we're creating. And yeah, they have been traditionally white and male, but it doesn't have to stay that way. In other words, what Buttigieg is doing, he's bowing at the altar of media sycophants. He would never get in Joy Reid's face and disagree with her on a show. A good Democrat from the Joe Biden administration is the same way. Why? Because those are the people that sell your goods and labor and everything that you have to the American people, so you've got to keep them in your camp. It's all about symbolism, no substance, folks. Listen to this, Joy Reid. Most working-class white guys vote Republican. That is a fact. Why is that? Why is that? Folks, i got to be honest with you. Most working-class black guys voted for Donald Trump. Why is that? Results. Results. People who work don't want a handout from Uncle Sam. They want more opportunity, less intrusion by Uncle Sam in their personal and business lives, and more opportunity to even get better and make better 
circumstances for their lives and the lives of their family members. Do they just not get that? Joy Reid is a very well-educated human being. She's really smart. You can listen to her, which I can't do very much more than just a sound bite at a time because she is over-the-top angry and hatred. Oh, my God, it bleeds out of her pores. She hates white America. She hates white Americans. And everything bad that happens in the world, it's because of white people. I hate that. But she's really, really smart. Well, in retrospect, maybe she's not that smart if she thinks all those things, right? (laughs) There are probably percentage-wise as many racial African-Americans and Asians and Latinos as there are white. Think about that. Racism is not a genetic thing. It's a learned thing. It's a voluntary thing. People make choices to be or not to be racist. That's just a fundamental fact that they don't ever talk about. Yesterday was a big day. The Ninth Circuit Federal Court of Appeals ruled that the coronavirus lockdowns of gun stores in Ventura County, California, unconstitutional. The case was appealed to the Ninth Circuit after the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California rejected a claim that Ventura County's COVID orders closing gun stores, ammo shops, and gun rages violated Second Second Amendment rights. Judges Lawrence Van Dyke and Andrew Kleinfeld on the three-judge panel reversed lower court ruling. Here's what they said in their reversal. Ultimately, The issue boils down to the county's designation of essential versus non-essential businesses and activities. While courts should afford some measure of deference to local policy determinations, the enshrinement of constitutional rights necessarily takes certain policy choices off the table. When a government completely bans all acquisition of firearms and ammo by closed gun shops, ammo shops and firing ranges, it's one of those off-limit policy choices squarely contemplated by Heller. The orders cannot satisfy strict scrutiny. The judges also said not only did appealees fail to provide any evidence or explanation that suggests that gun shops, ammo shops, firing ranges posed a greater risk of spreading COVID than other businesses, deemed essential, but they also failed to provide evidence that they considered less restrictive alternatives for the general public. Judge Ryan Nelson was the panel's dissenting vote. Another victory, small, but still a victory for the Second Amendment. We're going to take our final break. After the break, I'm going to give you a story of, you're not going to believe this, a woman went toe-to-toe with a major hospital to save her husband's life. Why? Her husband was in the hospital on a ventilator and the hospital threatened to pull the plug. She went to court and she stopped it. That story's up next. It's a heart render. You're going to like it. It's a good story. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. 
The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the weather. Allegra, what is the weather outside? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. What about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. The latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Paige is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Anita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Compare it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alize? The new Amazon Echo Silver plays all the music they loved when they were young. Angela, play black jazz. Playing, uh... Jazz. It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him five dollars, and he said I only gave him one dollar. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the one dollar right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. I don't know about that. <laughs> that is a funny commercial. I can laugh. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> I'm an old guy. Wow. Hey, listen. There are a lot of bad stories coming out of our COVID world that we'll never hear the details of. But when we have a really good one where something good works out for the good folks, you know, the private folks that number about all 330 million among us when something good when something good happens for those folks it's easy to get excited about such is the case with a husband and wife up north sentiments expressed in random phone calls for a lady named Ann Quinner as her husband Scott lay in a hospital bed breathing through a ventilator range from I hope your husband dies of vegetable followed by a litter of profanity to he should have taken the vaccine I hope he dies before hanging up. Not the traditional hallmark expressions for somebody to get well in the hospital. Quiner said it was a feeling shared among some of the doctors even at Mercy Hospital in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, where Scott 
had been in the hospital for COVID-19 complications since November. In a recorded phone call with Dr. Linda Sosi, in which Quinter was fighting to keep Scott on the vent, doctor said, unfortunately, if we could turn back time and he had gotten a vaccine, then he wouldn't be here. After three years, I think we've gotten pretty good at determining who's going to make it and who's not. Unfortunately, Scott's in the range of the group that is not going to make it. So in a recorded conference call, doctors told Quinter that they would be taking Scott off the ventilator a week ago, today, because he would not recover due to what they said were his destroyed lungs from COVID pneumonia, and their attempts at decreasing sedation only caused him pain. Make a long story short, she went to court. The judge said, Mercy Hospital, you got to you got to give this guy a chance. Leave him on the, the vent. Mercy Hospital hired a law firm that rejected to the temporary restraining order. And the judge said, because of that, we're not going to do anything. The judge said, y'all move him to somewhere else. Long story short, they moved him to a hospital, unnamed hospital in Houston. And guess what happened? He got up and he walked out of the hospital yesterday. That's another story for another day, but he's doing well. Sometimes people that know it all don't really know it all. And sometimes that puts our lives in danger. Literally, you just heard a story. That's a wrap. Saturday tomorrow, our Saturday bullet points. Besides that, folks, you guys have a a really great weekend, a big weekend. Cincinnati, the Bengals play the Titans tomorrow, NFL playoffs. See you Monday. Have a great one. Well, there's something in the way she moves. Looks my way or calls my name. That seems to leave this troubled world behind. And if I'm feeling down and blue, or troubled by some foolish game. She always seems to make me change my mind I feel fine anytime she's around me now She's around me now Almost all the time If I'm well, you can tell that she's been with me now She's been with me now Quite a long, long time and I feel fine Every now and then things that I lean on lose their meaning And I find myself careening Into places where I should never let me go has the power to go where no one else can find me and to silently remind me of the happiness and good times that I know you know well I guess I just got to know that it isn't what she's got to say how she thinks or where she's been 
to me the words are nice the way they sound I like to hear them best that way Doesn't much matter what they mean She says them mostly just to calm me down I feel fine anytime she's around me now She's around me now I guess just about all the time And if I'm well, you can tell that she's been with me now She's been with me now Quite a long, quite a long, long Yes, and I feel Um, this next song was actually um, sort of my beginning. I